I can't hear anything, Anthony. You gotta give me a second. Welcome to Let's Talk Vinyl, two-year anniversary as we celebrate two years of, well, two years and two months of doing this show. I am Anthony Krizovich from the Touring Fan Live, and with me, I get to once again announce one of the coolest people I know, all the way from the West Coast, winemaker extraordinaire, Pearl Jam know-it-all. I would like to introduce to you, for two years, 24 times, happy anniversary, Mr. Trey Bush. Happy anniversary, Andy. Isn't it something for sure? Something for sure. You know, I'm I'm still trying to figure out this board. I was gonna do the whole. I had the whole applause lined up. You know, there there we go. There we go. Right, right. There we go. Put it in. All right. Enough of that. Um, Laugh track and everything. You're like oh, you're the oh. next expert. I love it. That's right. Um. No, it is, you know, I have, we've been doing this show for two years. We've been actually doing over two years. We've been doing probably the first time I interviewed you was three years ago, which is wild to me. Um, when yeah. I was on Strange Tribe Live and I had that show going and we just kind of got to know each other. And I was like, man, it's so easy to fucking talk to this guy. Like he just, he just really knows like when, like we just roll off each other. So two years of doing this and um man i have so much to fucking fill you in for these last two months like i am so excited to fill you in on this stuff i i can't wait to hear i mean i i you know paid a little bit of attention to on social and stuff but but um you know i was i was uh i unfortunately didn't get to see any shows in this last leg so as you guys keep on asking about 2023 uh, and where where people want Pearl Jam to play, or where people think Pearl Jam is playing, I sure as hell hope they're playing up here. You know, it's crazy so, to think climate climate arena. They were like responsible for getting that built. Yeah, and it's been four years since Pearl Jam played up in Seattle. So they and that wasn't even yeah. like a real intimate venue. That's when they did the baseball stadium show. Um, it's crazy, yeah, yeah. but I mean, I I can't imagine that next year they're going to pass up on playing a hometown show, and I I'm hoping it's something special. But we'll have to play it coy and like just let it all hang out. But before we get into that, let's talk about the wine we're going to drink right tonight. All right, let's then talk about our experiences with the last couple shows we just saw, um, and uh, let's kind of get into uh, like what is next for. Uh, you know, like for us, and and then we'll talk about some songs. Um, I do want to talk about this though. Uh, Timothy um, had messaged us uh, just a little while ago, and he is not feeling well. Um, he's going to do a rain check on being a guest on the show. 
So uh, we're going to look at ha- maybe towards the end of the month for either the Halloween special we're going to be doing or next month to talk about this poster. But um, he wanted to do it, but unfortunately, uh, you know, he's not feeling so well. So we hope he feels better, um, especially before he gets out on the road to do some, um, uh, what's it called, some events that he has planned up. So uh, feel better, uh, Timothy. Definitely. And save me one of those variants. Ain't <laughs> that the truth? Um, so let's talk about the bottles of wine. So two years in of you educating me highly on wine, I feel as though I'm getting better at at things. I still can't pronounce, um, you know, anything. Like I still like I go into stores and I either overpay for wine or I don't know how to uh, how to pronounce it. But um, tonight I'm drinking a 2018 Cabernet Sauvignon. Right? Is that how you say it? I'm saying it wrong, ain't I? Cabernet. Yeah. Cabernet. Cabernet Sauvignon, yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, from a Columbia Valley, um, this is... Yeah. Uh, Washington is- State, by the way. Washington State, Columbia Valley. That's right. And the reason I was pulled to this, which I know you're going to hate this, Trey, was the bottle was just so damn intriguing. Like, it's just such a really cool bottle. Uh, the label, the label sucked you in. It sucked me in. Um, but it's a really cool uh, bottle. It is from uh, Patterson, Washington. Um, and uh, it's by a company I can't say the name. I n t r i n s i x Waddle Company. It's 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 called it's called Intrinsic, and that is owned by Chateau Saint Michel. Oh, and it's interesting. It's one of their one of their many 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 labels that they own. Have you ever had a uh, a bottle of this? I have not. Okay, but I'm sure it's delicious. And, and what are you drinking tonight, Trey? I'm drinking 2019. It's called, uh, it's a brand new wine for us. We haven't even released it yet. It's called Higher Ground. And it's named Higher Ground for a couple of reasons. Uh, one is the vineyard site, what's called Dry, located on the very top of Red Mountain in Benton City, Washington. Very hot growing region and um, really great Grenache site. Higher Ground is also the name of a song by Stevie Wonder. And uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers did a very famous cover of it, uh, which you can listen to as well. It's a much fun, it's, it's just, it's a much funky version. It's another funky version okay. of uh, Higher Ground. So um, just, again, another way for us to bring music back into um, what we're doing on the wine, wine set thing. So, and then the, awesome. the label photograph that I took of the skyline with a bunch of beautiful clouds and stuff. So, oh, that's damn, that's awesome. That is super awesome. I, I keep people are keep saying that we're hearing an echo from you. I don't hear it, but I know that Trey's setting up new in his uh, his studio and he doesn't have his board up today and this is all kind of new for him. So I don't know if that's causing it. I don't see any echoes on my side and I hear you crystal clear and it's coming across correctly on the board. So I apologize for anyone that's getting any kind of delay on, on Trey. Um, I hear your yeah, voice. It's 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 soothing to my ears. <laughs> I will sing you a song. There you go. Do it. it. It's been two years. You've never sang for me before. But I, you know what? I will promise you this. I'll sing for you in a little bit. <laughs> Perfect. Um, you know, so let, I I kind of want to share this experience with you because we've been doing. So I've had different shows on on the touring fan live, um, and. We, the one most consistent show has been this one since day one. 
And, you know, we, we see the numbers. I've showed them to you before. We get a lot of, um, a lot of downloads on the podcast of this, and it's, it's pretty significant. It's, it's what really houses about 65 to 70% of my downloads monthly is, is from this show. And even the two months that we were off, it was still about in that ballpark range. People were going back to other episodes, and we were still doing significant numbers. Um, you know, Pearl Jam just did their tour, wrapped up their East Coast to uh, this small little tour over the summer, and we did something in St. Louis. We did this um, hoping, uh, hoping, oh, God, I can't even think about it now, but it's uh, hoping Brews in the Lou, and we were raising money for the Suicide Prevention Association in St. Louis. Uh, and while we were there... You know, it's the first in-person event that was for Pearl Jam that we've ever done in the two years we've been doing this. And um, I am going to tell you this, dude, we, I, I had quite a few people come up to me at this event and was like, hey, you know, love the show. You know, I love listening to you and Trey talk about shit. I, I you know, I, I mean, one guy's like, I've never, I've never missed an episode. And then he's like, that was probably I'm Tony Bounds. No, it was not Tony Bounds. And this one okay. guy took a picture, like he had his wife take a picture of us. And he's like, hey, you know, I really, I love the show. Trey's so cool. I, I've, I've gone, I can't wait to go out to this winery, all these things. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So I had like, it was like five people at the beginning. All right, this is cool. I mean, and we had, it was a lot of people at this event. I mean, we raised almost $4,000 for the, you know, for the Suicide Prevention Association in St. Louis. I saw so, that. Congratulations. Oh, thanks, dude. And dude, towards the end, it was just like people come up and like, oh, take a picture. They were buying stickers and all these things. And I'm like. I was like, it just, it was You're fucking famous, Anthony. No, no, no. I'm not. You are. You're the fucking famous one. But I'm just, here's, he, here's the thing though. This is when I knew shit was like, I guess people really do listen to us. And this is when I really appreciate things. Um, in Oklahoma city we're I'm at, I'm heading, I went with Brad, me and Brad drove down and that's a whole nother conversation of a uh, car ride to Oklahoma city from Kansas city, listening to Canadian music. Um, yeah, that's an interesting one. You just fucking hit. he's like he's like you know Brad just is like I'm listening to my music. He just grabs my phone. He's like, hey, listen to this. And the next thing you know, I'm listening to inappropriate Canadian uh, music. Um, but what was a lot of Nickelback? Oh god, yeah, no, no Nickelback. But it was some interesting shit that like my algorithm on my phone is totally fucked because now it's like you might want to listen to this artist, and I'm like I don't know who this is. Anyway, we get to Oklahoma City. I go, I drop Brad off. I had to go look at a job because I was bidding a job in Oklahoma City. And on the way back, I I drop my I drop my car off, and I'm walking to the venue. And some guys I stop and he's like Anthony, and I'm like and I I'm like I'm so not I'm so fucking oblivious. And the guy's like Anthony Anthony. I'm like yeah. And I'm like me. He's like yeah. He goes hey my name's Steve. I listen you know I, I love fucking let's talk vinyl man. He goes he goes got me hooked on wine all this stuff. Took a picture with me like it, it was like it was crazy how much people recognize me because of us like it's because of us like you know us you me doing the show to be educated on wine and us bullshit about a band we love and all this stuff really kind of showcased this idea that like people i guess the numbers are true they're not bullshit as people listen to <laughs> it's, it's crazy well I'm, I'm i'm honored to be a part of the show obviously and um that's just awesome that people i guess can relate to what we're talking about, you know. It's an extension of what we do in the winery too, because our tasting room is as laid back as our conversations are. You know what I mean? Sure. And so that makes from I think much better experience for a lot of people who might be intimidated about wine. 
Well, and you know, the other thing too, is I think that as we get older, like we start finding different things to do, right? Like two years ago, I wasn't drinking wine at all. Like, I mean, I had it every so often, you know, but now like, as I get older, I find myself more in, like, I like the scene behind the wine. Like I like the idea of like researching it. It's a different wine every time. Like, where does it come from? Who am I supporting? Where is it? Where are the grapes grown? Like all these different things that are consistently like that I didn't know about until really researching all this with you. And then it's like the mixture of that and music has like formed this new bond where it's like now I'm listening to music and drinking wine, something I never thought about doing. But I think that like for a lot of us, as we get older, it's a good incorporation of the both and it's a clever it's a clever way of like doing it like drinking wine listen to music listen to vinyl like it all kind of works together and this idea of like our love for pearl jam our love for wine and our love for music has incorporated this idea that people really believe in and, and see yeah. yeah yeah i mean who, who doesn't want to get behind those three things <laughs> I'm totally behind it. 100. And then just listen to a couple of shits like us talk about whatever we're talking about. So. <laughs> just, just make right. enough shit. Um, you know, or here, great. I, I know I'm listening. I, there's a lot of comments coming up, and um, you know, I, but I do love escape with wine and music. The new segment yeah. on Let's Talk Vinyl. We'll get Brad on here to talk about that. Um, you know, let's. I'd love to hear your story. I know you went to MSG, and um. I, I think, you know, for me, uh, I, I didn't go to MSG. Where'd you go? No, that was that's what I said at the beginning of this before we went on live on air. I didn't. I was in New York for that show, um, and I ended up having to fly down to Atlanta for my stepdaughter. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's it was right. in the hospital. Yeah, um, yeah. So did you so see? I, I unfortunately missed that show, and then, you know, Tim got me. I had. My six best friends from Atlanta were in New York with me. Um, and uh, thank you, Stephanie. That means a lot to us. That really does. Wow. Um, but yeah, so I had my six best friends from high school. Um, we're all planning to be in New York at the same time for this weekend. And it, it, we had planned this trip before the Pearl Jam show was announced, actually. Okay. And um, then the Pearl Jam show was announced. I was like, this is just karma, right? My six best buddies I used to go to all my shows with in high school. Now we get to go to a Pearl Jam show together. And none of them have seen Pearl Jam before, right? So uh, Tim Beardman was kind enough to make sure we got six tickets all together. And... Um, yeah, and unfortunately, I got a phone call from my mom, and stepdad wasn't doing great, and I just needed to get down to Atlanta and see stuff. So, uh, missed that experience. But, you know, there's there's plenty of shows to be played, so sure. I'll, I'll I'll see him when I need to see him. So, mm. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Um, but I mean that MSG show looked, I, you know, obviously I saw the set list, but, um it just looked. Looked incredible. Um, my good friend Jeff Whitman uh, was at the show, and he just said it was his bonkers. So, yeah. And by the way, I've got a story for you about uh, Whitman. Okay. After the MSG show, uh, he got an he got an official invite from the band from the management to because Danny could not. Uh, 
Danny could not go on tour with them for the rest of the photographs and stuff. Okay. And Danny Clinch. And so they asked Jeff and Jeff did like six shows. No. Uh, was the official photographer. Get the hell out of here. Yes. Fucking access, all access passed everywhere. Behind the stage, the whole deal. Have you seen it's, any it's of his work yet? He was like, he couldn't even believe it. So had to call his wife up and say, hey, by the way, I've got like another 12 days. You only packed for the weekend in New York. Have you seen anything but he's taken photos of yet? He, he sent me a photo from his phone on the back of his camera of a few shots, and they are they're ridiculous. I mean, oh, man. He, he is, dude, he's Jeff, so Jeff is a great photographer. He's been a so photographer talented. for a long time. I think he studied that in college and stuff. And um, really just sort of recently picked it back up, like the last seven years. Okay. And um, he's got great equipment. He's got a great eye. I've got a bunch of his stuff hanging up in the painting room. I've got stuff in my house. Um, so, yeah. That is if anyone did it, I can... At some point, when, when we play a song, Anthony, I'll yep. look up uh, his, yeah, I think he has a site for that, and I'll send it to you and you put the link up for it. Okay, I can do that. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. Um, well, yep. let's 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 kind of get into that, too, so we can get right into the music a little bit this evening, because I know we're going to have a lot to talk about. With it being the two-year anniversary of Let's Talk Vinyl, there's also another anniversary that recently came up with a 30-year anniversary of singles, which is, to me absolutely insane that it's been 30 years since that movie came out um right but it is it's it's crazy uh and it's um jeff's last name is whitman right yeah yeah jeff whitman for there's a lot of people asking no it's jeff whitman is the uh person um, it's G G E O F F. correct not J. yeah uh, and with man he um yeah i'll get mixed up weekend you know anthony and when singles came out in uh september of 92 I had been living in Seattle for three months at that point. I had moved four months. I had moved from Athens, Georgia, after seeing Pearl Jam play in Athens, and moved to Seattle that same year, '92. So it was very interesting living in Seattle, especially being brand new there and watching this movie and recognizing all the bars that they were going to all the clubs all the bands yeah it was it was weird it was almost like watching it in real life you know like because that's when you went out you're like that's exactly what it looked like that is people dress that's how you know it's like so how old were you when that movie came out then when you moved you were how old i was 20 uh, 23 23 so i was seven Oh, man. You know, um, Brad just mentioned, I'm going to see if I can pull it up here in a minute, too. I'll see if I can add this. Um, when I went to Seattle, when I first met Brad, um, we did the tour of Seattle and stuff, and he brought me to, like, this the uh, the singles apartment, and we got yeah. to take a picture, took a picture in front of it, like the, you know, the touristy people that we did. I was much bigger at that time, so I looked like a, a whale in front of that place. I was almost blocking the whole damn building. You could barely see the apartment complex through uh, behind me. Um but no, it was it was a cool little thing to see, and it was interesting because it really hasn't changed much. I mean, the colors are more a little more muted than it was back then, but um, it was good stuff, you know. But there is there's two that soundtrack from that 
movie is something that really I think is bigger than the movie itself, right? I mean, the movie's good. Yeah. It's a good movie, but I mean, it's it's a soundtrack that really, for me, resonates with me the most. I mean, th- that is one probably the best soundtracks, if not the best soundtracks of the '90s. And um, you know, it came, oh, it's oh, hundred percent. And two songs that came off of that were absolutely just home runs were Pearl Jam, State of Love and Trust, and Breath. I mean, if you think about it, that's those are. I mean, how many times do we get excited about seeing those? Hell, I saw them in Oklahoma right. City, and I lost my shit. They played. They played both. Yeah, it was no. Was it? Was it there? Or was it St. Louis? I think it might have been St. Louis. But um, when they played those back to back, they acknowledged so. Um, they turned around and it was Josh said something to Eddie and Eddie, you know, was like, Hey, listen, backstage, Josh reminded me that it's the 30 anniversary of singles. Hey, let's, you know, kind of, let's do this. Let's do this. And then they did uh breath right in a single, uh, a state of love and trust. Um, but I, you know, it was St. Louis. All right. Thanks, Mark. Um, there is something interesting. I don't know if you know this. Um, I actually, I'm on a bootleg. For Pearl Jam, I sang on Breath with Eddie once. Did you know this? I did not know that. What show was that? This was Hampton, Virginia. Do you you know? I, and people are probably like, Anthony, you, you're full of shit, right? I, 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 I am. I'm telling you the truth. And we're gonna. I'm gonna show you it right now. Are you ready for this? <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see it. All right, here we go.
go. when I was the newest member of Pearl Jam, just in case you were curious. Um, so uh, I, no, I always felt Thank you. Thank you. All right, sit down. Enough. Enough. Okay. Okay. Enough of that. So yeah, that is when, and I took a selfie with Eddie. So it was like, Hey, if I'm going to, if I'm doing this, I might as well try to get this going. And I did. It worked. I think it was great. Yeah. So, you know, there was someone asked how long I waited to get center. I don't ever try to go center for Eddie Vedder because I don't I, – I think it's, it's, I, I, it's too much time. Like, it's a lot of time. Um, I actually – I like to go right in front of Stone. Um, that's kind of my spot. And uh, actually, the next night during State of Loving Trust, um, the guy next to me got the mic and me and him, him sang on State of Loving Trust. So that's – there's – I did two nights in a row um, or two shows in a row. I, uh, yeah, let's, uh, that's, that's how it rolled. So, you got to sing two nights in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let me see. I think someone just asked if I could, they can see the selfie. First, I want to show this. Um, this is uh, me. Oh, this is a terrible picture, too. Um, that's me and Brad in front of the uh, the singles house, the apartment back up. Yeah, that's there. right. Yeah. That, is, that was me in my heaviest of days and Brad with his huge-ass terrible beard. I don't even recognize that. Oh, yeah. Um, and then let me see if I can pull the, um, the picture of me and, uh, me and Eddie. So that was in, I love this whole idea that you can like, just kind of zoom into an area on your phone and then like find the pictures from that day. Here it goes. And then here is my selfie with Eddie Vedder right after that was done. <laughs> yep. So back in 2016, crazy stuff, crazy stuff for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 
Yeah, Brad just said we both were fatter. Yeah, but that that was a that was a heavy moment for us both, Brad. <laughs> oh man, but that was that's a good song. When Breath for me is a top ten Pearl Jam song. What about you? I don't know top ten, but it's a great song. I, I love the energy. It's funny. I don't know if that was written with intent of being on ten, or if it was meant for that album for the um, singles. I'm pretty sure someone's gonna correct us in a minute and have all the knowledge on that. So we'll get that. I'm assuming it was written with your intent. You know, what are the options for it? Sure, sure. I, I, hundred percent. So let me ask you this: With "State of Love and Trust" and "Breath" being the two songs between both, which song do you prefer? Um, that's a great question. I really love "State of Love and Trust." That's a great live song too. So great. And you get to see him back to back. I've seen him back to back. I think I've seen it twice back to back. Okay. Well, I'm sure you'll break down the stats for those songs. We will. We, we will go into those stats here shortly. Let's let's do this. I'm gonna find. Um, let's let's. I'm on YouTube now. Let's get the. Uh, let's find a version of State of Love and Trust we can uh, listen to. Is there a version that you remember seeing live that you loved? That you want to listen to? No, I know I've seen it a few. I know I've seen it a few times. I saw it at MSG. I can't remember what show that was. Um, How about this? I'll give you a couple of options, and you get to pick. How's that sound? Okay, sure. They didn't play the. They played the Orange. Two thousand ten oh, Hyde Park. We have as an option. We have. Um, let's see, nineteen ninety four at the uh, Opera Theater in Boston. Ooh, we Orpheum. can go. We can do we can do St. Louis 2022. I don't think that's going to sound very good. Um, we can do Buenos Aires of 2005, Lollapalooza 2013, or I'll give you one last one. Or we can do Hamilton. No, 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 not that one. Or we can do State of Love and Trust live at the Memorial Amphitheater in 1991. Oh, the Mural Amphitheater. Mm -hmm. That's a funny one. Uh, I remember that show because the video has uh, this long-haired dude in front of the guy holding the camera, okay. and he has a he has a weird tick, and he, he shakes his head like every every eight seconds or something, and it makes the video impossible to watch. Oh my god! Um, Brad saying the singles. Let's do the, let's do the Orpheum one. Let's do the Orp the Orpheum one. You're saying? Yeah. All right, hold on. Let me find that one back. Uh... Here we go. All right. Here is from Boston, Massachusetts, 1994, April 12th. This is State of Love and Trust.
And that was State of Love and Trust by Pearl Jam. That's a All legendary right, show right there. What was it? Repeat that. I said that was a legendary show. All right. Here's the million dollar question. Was Trey just echoing? Uh, I can't hear myself echoing this time. I, well, I might be good. I think we fixed it. You fix it? I think so. So there's a setting on. I, I'm still learning this shit. I mean, you know, it's not. We're not. I'm not nearly fucking up this show nearly as bad as I was fucking up last night's show. And I felt so bad for Rob. Um, but tonight, hey, at least I got that. I mean, we're only 35 minutes into the show. Perfect. Yeah, she said no echo, no echoes. That's good. That's that's what it was. So it was it was a setting that had you tracing on the software. So we fixed it. Ah, oh, Jesus! It only took how long to get that fixed? God, if we only knew somebody who knew how to do this for a living. Um. Yeah, I don't know who that person would be. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Anyway, so we are now looking at you know so state of love and trust, right? I mean, and and breath really do stand out to me as two huge home run songs for Pearl Jam. I really do like they're huge staples. Whether you're a big Pearl Jam f- fan or not, these are songs that you can you can hear. And even if you're going to a show for the first time and you're like, "This is good stuff," and I and I just want to say that like <laughs> that's why I'm here, Anthony. <laughs> That and her awesome artwork. The artwork in the background is fantastic. Oh, Thank you, Jesus. lover. So let, let, let's do uh, this. Uh, let me get to our uh, favorite. Um, can, we, can, we, can we quickly talk about that version, though? 100%. That was the, you know, the, the, the Dave Abrews these days. What did it, they're just such a different band. 100%. And like, not better, not better, not worse. It's just more like, you know, Dave Dave A was the perfect drummer in that window of time for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But because uh, I, I love hearing those versions, it, it's just, he's a very busy drummer, and like he loves to fill in a lot of the gaps. You know, like uh, where Matt Cameron I think might be a little more, you know, methodical. Um, but. I always love hearing the different versions, you know, all the songs and how they're played. The drummer does make a big difference on how the songs sound. You know what I mean? 100%. Yeah. It is, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's important to think that too. And we, we actually learned that in the beginning of this year when you had the Fresno show where you had, you know, Richard Suvarut and you had Dave K come on and play. And Dave K. Dave Cruzen. You have Dave. Yeah come out and he's playing alive and Dave Cruzen's version of alive is completely different than Matt Cameron's his drumming style, the way he keeps rhythm. It's different. It's a very much more faster paced version of the song. Um, yeah. There's definitely yeah. much more, or I feel like urgency in the song than there is when Matt plays it. Well, when Dave a played it, it was much heavier. It was more rock and roll. Very, very, very rock and roll. So it's interesting when you go back and listen to the different variations of a song and how these drummers over time, change it to their their view or how they played it it gives a different life to how the song is partaked at that moment in time yes i would agree with that i'm glad after two years you're still agreeing with me on things (laughs) you know they say that you know the honeymoon era is the first two years so i mean we're definitely out of the honeymoon phase we're definitely going into this these i'm gonna be yelling at anthony for any technical difficulties 
slam the door up and walk out in the middle of the podcast. Oh, throw know. a glass of wine against the wall. Oh, it's all your fault, Anthony. It, it's it. It's it. I, you know, by the time we do our Halloween show at the end of the month, I'm going to have this shit down to a T, and it's going to be like, I'm just going to be like, hey, how's things going? And then to be, you know, <laughs> just, that's right. It's just going to be uh, one of those things where we just, uh, you know, we'll be laughing at me for sure. But we'll I'm waiting to hear something. Oh. You're supposed to push the special effect there. What's gonna happen? No, I was actually I was adjusting the levels to make sure that we were on the same levels because someone said you were too low, so I was pulling you up a little bit so they can hear your voice. And uh, okay. it was more or less everyone was listening for the yeah you know, the crickets in the background. I got you. All right. So, State of Love and Trust and Breath, two huge songs for Pearl Jam, and they stand the test of time. Let's go ahead and look at the stats for these songs, um, and we're gonna start with Breath. I'm gonna pull up here. We're gonna go. Um, Right here, Breath, okay? It's been played 89 times, which is surprising to me because I thought it was played less, but also shocked it hasn't been played more because, you know, it's been around for 32 years. Right, right. Um, played 89 times, a closer eight times, and I'm assuming that's going to be earlier in the catalog of Pearl Jam, but yeah. once again, we're, we're yeah. getting these these stats from livefootsteps.org, which is our go-to website for all things Pearl Jam and all stats and true factual information for Pearl Jam. If you have any questions or any kind of love for stats and nerdy statistics for Pearl Jam, I would 100% check it out, livefootsteps.org. So let's continue down the pathway of this. Um, some cool stats. The song before, the most played song before is Porch with nine, and the most, and then... Jeremy at seven and then state of love and trust at five. So we know for certain that five times breath and state of love and trust have been played together. Now, if we go down a little more state of love and trust. So 13 times it's been played afterwards. So we know if we do our math, right. And we put it, well, I was going to do the math here. You had three, you bring the five or 18 times. It's been played, (laughs) played together, which, yeah, it's it's a low number. And then I've got a feeling and even flow are right there at five right afterwards. So interesting stuff for sure. Um, it was last yeah. played in St. Louis, Missouri. And, and then look at the, it looked at, did you see the year they played it the most though? Yeah, I mean, 92 for sure. We go back up to like 03, 04. Uh, so looking like two, one, two, here, 2003, no, 12 here times. this tour. So 03, that was like 15 times. What is that? 12 play, 12 times, 12 show. 12 times, yep. Um, 94, 7, 93, 1, 92, 17, 91, yeah. 13, 93. So you're looking at. Uh, that was, they played, that's right. They played that at the very first show, too. That was They, they definitely wrote that with 10 in mind, right? 100%. And it was a, and if you look closely, it was a closer heavily in the 90s. So, you know. One time in 1990, four time in 91, three times in 92, and uh, I think that might be it. I don't think it's closed ever since then. That This would be an interesting song now with its 22-song set list being, you know, a closer now. It'd be kind of, you know, I think it'd be kind of yeah. cool. But, um, yeah. But yeah, no, dude, I mean, if you look at this right now, if you look at these cool things, song position, it looks like majority of the time it's in between that 11 and 15th spot right over here. So it's it's very, it's more here with it, 23 times being played there. Yeah. Um, and then set position, it's mostly played uh, about 51% of the time in the in the main set. So 
you know, take those stats for what they are. And uh, 8% of the shows. So it's just, just under, you know, one out of 10 shows you're going to catch that. So. Oh, look at, you know, I'm not good at math, but you definitely are. Now let's go jump right over here to state of love and trust. All right, here we go. First play, 1991. So a year after the debut of Breath. It played 403 times. 403 times. It opened three times and a closer four times. I'm going to put money on them. That's early 1990s. I can't imagine that this was anything earlier than that or later than that. What a what a what a barn barn burner of an opener though, right? Oh, 100%. Man, oh man. That's huge. So the song before at 46 times is even uh is black, followed by Even Flow at 43 and Daughter at 19. So I mean, you know, yeah. it's heavily this this is all, you know, but and then once and then breath and then Jeremy and the ghost, it's, it's, it's the song before. These are all like elderly woman. They're all yeah. the first two, first two albums, right? Animal, Dissident. Yeah, oh. 100% mostly earlier work, so nothing newer. Um, the songs yeah. after Alive with 65, which, I mean, that, I mean they're, I, I'm assuming they're being played in the same key, so that makes the most sense of going from State of Love and Trust into Alive. Um, Black yeah. 44 times, once 32, Porch 20. And I will say this, State of Love and a Trust into Porch is absolutely my favorite lineup. I would, if you can give me breath, State of Love and Trust into Porch, that is a home run for me. That'd be a, that'd be a yeah, that, that, he'll be wiped out after those three. Oh God. Well, I, I you know, I will say this. I mean, a lot of people were concerned about the three shows in a row going from Nashville to Louisville to St. Louis, and uh, uh, they really they 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 really showed up on all three shows, and I think they took they went three nights in a row, no days off. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I, I couldn't do it, and I'm 37 years old. Um. So, you know, looking at this, now let's kind of give it stats. So it's played 10 times in this last tour. I mean, you know, playing, what was it, 403 times? I mean, you're going to get that pretty much at 37% of the show. So you're going to see it. Oh, you know, we saw that. We saw the last So the last time that we've seen them was at uh, Ohana 21. Yeah. So we saw that. We saw that then. Massachusetts 2018. Uh, I saw Sega. the Fenway show, the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go. So, oh, wait, is this? It was a show opener for the Jazz and Heritage Festival in New Orleans as early as 2016. That's oh, that's not even the opener. Wow, that's I'm I did not know that. That's actually pretty awesome. So, 2016 and opened the show for a festival, nonetheless. That's pretty cool. And then oh, wow. let's continue rolling on down to see when the other time was a closer or an opener. All right, we're in 2007. 2006, it was played a lot, 27 times. Mm-hmm. 2005, 15. Uh, continue rolling down. 2000, holy shit, it was played 38 times. 98, 20. It was a closer. The last time I was a closer was in Honolulu, Hawaii, in February 21st of 1998. Oh, that was right after the Australia tour. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, that, that, that's where you go see him, man. Wouldn't you love to go down to like New Zealand to see him? New Zealand would be really cool. You know, that's that's we had this conversation recently where, um, yeah, everything else is basically like we're going early 90s. So um, 100 percent. 
but I was in Park September twentieth. I was there. Isn't Got it the like? Park. Isn't it now at the point now we've seen them so many times? Where it's like we almost got to find a destination. If like that's the cool thing, like you got like if you're gonna see them, like you you see them locally. But if you're gonna go, so you're like you're like all right, now I got to find out where like the next destination for for to see them at is like where where we're gonna go see them. Like what's the next place to go see them at? And like you know like. I really think that they should start looking into the shows they haven't played, like where they haven't played yet, and really investigate in doing it. Like, I'd love to see them in Alaska. I really do want to see them in New Hampshire. I mean, like, let's go to places they've never played before, and let's like, let's let's make it a a, a vacation out of it. New Hampshire. Is there a petition to have New Pearl Jam play New Hampshire? Oh Jesus Christ! It has been for how many years now? Can't they? Can't they just go to Boston? How far is that? It's not far, oh, right. right? I mean, you can walk probably. I mean, it's that close. I mean, and the thing is, like New Hampshire, when I lived in Maine, you literally drive through New Hampshire, you close your eyes, and you're out of there. It, there is nothing to it. I mean, it's it's a, such a small place. Um, mm-hmm. Brad saying Iceland, Shannon saying Scotland, Michelle saying Saint, uh, Cincinnati, Mark saying Puerto Rico. Oh man, it's it's uh, yeah. Matt saying down under. It's there's a lot of people are giving the suggestions for sure. Um, yeah, it's good. Well, stuff. I think Australia would be a great place to see them, and I think New Zealand would just be a just a wicked place to see them. It'd be be so awesome. You know, I have. Didn't they play? Remember when they did that Japanese tour? And didn't they? Didn't they do like Indonesia or something like that on that tour? Yeah, they. Like that was yeah. the mythology tour, I think. And they played Japan, right? I thought so. Yeah, like '95, maybe. Guess what? '98. I'm gonna check. Hold on a second. Go to livefootsteps.org. Type into my keyboard Japan. Hold on a second. And what year? What year were you thinking this was? I thought it was '95 or '98. '95. Let's see. 1995. I remember, like, I thought they were like sort of work. Like they they played Thailand. Uh, yeah, so uh, so Tok- so they played Sendaya, Japan, Tokyo, Japan, Asuka, Japan, and they paid Taipei, Taiwan. Here, I'll, I'll pull, Taiwan. Pull. Yeah, here we go. So you can see right here. Um, yeah. They went from oh, they Missoula, Brazil, they Montana. Played they played Thailand. They played Singapore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, th- this was, yeah. Wow. That would have been some really cool shows to see. I don't know if they'd ever do that again, though. Yeah. I mean, the only reason they would ever do that is if they all wanted just to go on vacation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Paid vacation? Yeah, 100%. I mean, kind of like, you know, let's we'll play a show. We'll go five days. We'll tour around. We'll go play another show five days later. You know, but those in-between days they get for themselves and their families and stuff. Yeah, because it, it shows they got there uh, February 18th. They had the 19th off. They had the 22nd and 23rd off. They had, like, the 25th off. So, I mean, they had days off in between. And then before they went to Australia, they were up there for about three days. So, I mean, they had, you know, like a week worth of days to look around and do things. And Brad reminds us that the unreleased Pearl Jam movie from 1995 was mostly filmed in Asia. So, uh, definitely crazy. Um, Brad, why why have they why haven't they released that? That's a that's a great question. Brad, can you uh, do me a favor and give Eddie a call real quick and just ask him, um, yeah. and then just get get us back that information. The be- the better question is who who was who was like behind the filming and stuff. Was it did they have like 
a person like a Danny Clinch that was doing that, or was it just like all film crew shit? You know, you know? so if you look back at Pearl Jam 20 and we're looking at the film from that yeah. was utilized from the 95 film that was in it, it all kind of looked yeah. like they were filming it themselves at that point. It was all home movie shit. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, no, it's interesting. And, I, and it's crazy because I believe, isn't that that film leaked online? I think it's on YouTube now. I think you can actually, like, watch the um, 1995. Let me see real quick. I'm not, I'm not going to show it, but let me see. Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam 1995. How's your cavity, by the way? This is good. I will say this. I am really enjoying this. It's a nice, it's rich. It's got a good texture to it. It's not as acidic in the mouth. It's sitting well on my tongue. It's not extremely over the top. It's a real good, just relaxing. Just it's a good Oh, one. good. Yeah. That was a good, a good vintage for Washington. Oh. Uh, 2018. So um and you know, they they have a a good winemaking program at St. Michelle. So nice. Good vintage should have been it should be a good bottle of wine. What did you pay for that? You remember? Who paid for that? How much? I paid for this. I think so. I was right at ninety dollars with both bottles of wine, so probably about the same, so about forty bucks. So that was fifty and forty. Yeah, about that, forty bucks. Am I overpaying for wine? Am I getting taken advantage? Where are you buying these wines at? I don't know if I should say it on the air because actually when I talked to the guy, I said I was going to give him good props, but now I feel like I'm overpaying for wine right now the way you're looking at me. I feel like you're you're buying him at restaurant prices. <laughs> I, You know, I, I listen. We'll talk I, off air. We'll go off. We'll take it offline. It's fine. Okay. 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 We're going to have to figure that out. You know, it sucks. You, you got me all excited when you said you were coming to St. Louis in two weeks. I was totally going to just take off and just full, head out to the uh, out that way, but. I see how it is. No, the um, the Pearl Jam, it's called Pearl Jam Australian Tour 1995 official film. It is up on um, YouTube. It's two hours and 17 minutes long, so unfortunately we don't have that much time on the show to uh, utilize wow. it. Um, uh, I, I, I am not a big spender. I just like to, when I'm on the show, I like to try to impress Trey with my wine knowledge because if I buy a $12 bottle of wine that is a chocolate bourbon barreled um, bottle of wine, I will get ripped apart because if you go back to our first episode ever, and I'm like, hey, look what I bought. And Trey was, was like, a, what are you fucking doing? That was a great beginning to our program, too. It, it really shows how much you've grown. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Grown and slimmed, right? Um, grown and shrunk. That's Both. right, that's right. You know, this I, this comment is a really good comment, and it makes me think, because I'm going to ask, this is a question I have for you with the tour ending and what you think for the future for them. Mark Kirby says, maybe we can have Pearl Jam Cruise. Just get on a cruise liner and enjoy the show. Do you think you know it's funny? There's there is you know, my morning jacket has uh, there called the big I think it's called the big weekend, one big holiday, it's big holiday, right? One big holiday, whatever, down in Mexico, you know. And I could totally see Pearl GM doing something like that, you know what I mean? I mean, it, it in, in, in a way, I mean, I can see him doing it. I could also then see all the haters coming out and, you know, calling them hypocrites. And because the, that, that one big holiday, those tickets are fucking expensive. Well, that's like you're spending a I'm, lot of money, not just for the concert ticket. And then you got to get down there. It doesn't include airfare. 
Yeah, but well, hold on a second. You, let me. Look, I'm a big My Morning Jacket fan, so I'm going to defend him a little bit on this one. You're going to see My Morning Jacket roughly about five times in that weekend. And you're going to see different variations. They're going to play with different bands. There's going to be a lot of surprises. You see multiple bands. So you're paying for a lot more than just a regular festival. So your $325 ticket for four days in an all-exclusive hotel, right? Now, if you get, like, the nicer hotel than the other one, you're paying probably $800 a ticket. But you're getting a hotel and a ticket for $800. Then you got to fly down. So let's say you're in it for $1,200. I personally have spent more on one Pearl Jam show going to a I heard hotel. Different, I heard different pricing from my friend Matt. Matt Gobel, he but he must have bought like whatever the deluxe package was because oh god, dude, you when I saw the numbers, I'm like it was eye popping. Oh no, there's there is there is one there's like a VIP package where you can get like side stage, like a concierge and all that stuff, and it's like four thousand dollars a ticket. No, if you're just going to enjoy like and you want the hotel included in the package, you're spending anywhere between like the eight hundred to nine fifty range is what I saw last time. Okay, that's not terrible. No. But I mean, really. But think about this much, right? As a band, right? You can. We we all know that there's certain bands you're going to travel to see, right? Pearl Jam is 100% one of them. There, it's a proven fact. If they were to get residency, I think Ohana was Eddie's attempt at this, and it just didn't work because he picked the wrong location. Because I personally have said it, and I'm going to continue at it, especially after the festival went out these last weekend. I think we just saw the last Ohana. Um, the if they find the right location to do a yearly or bi-yearly event where they can do five nights of Pearl Jam, Eddie Vedder and the Earthlings, Painted Shields, a Jeff Ament project, a Matt, Mike McCready project with like Brandy Carlisle, and you have Matt Cameron doing something with his son, and you have all these different variations where they can then unleash their other music abilities or music passions that they don't really get to tap into, but they can have the audience there. Cause you know, as well as I do, when a lot of these artists tour solo minus Eddie Vedder, they're playing in smaller arenas. They're not playing in these massive arenas. Yeah. Eddie's in a midsize, but if you get them there where you're going to do like Pearl Jam 20, where you can have the audience there already, and then you can play around with it. You're going to have a bigger audience, a more fun thing. And people are going to pay top dollar for that. You know, it then is, do it in Hawaii. Yeah, I, I, Brad. Yeah, no, no, Joseph Arthur. Um, it's oh, Brad. Oh man, if you You're saw so his late, if you saw his latest video, he is he has got that tinfoil hat on oh, for sure. He's off the deep end. Yeah, he's well, I'll have a conversation with you about that later. I I, okay. I can't remember if I told you about my vinyl project I did with him. Kind of, but we didn't get to a resolution. We'll talk about it later. Um. But I will say this. I think that we're looking at that happening sooner rather than later with them having these shows. I think, you know, listen, Pearl Jam played a lot of shows, and I and it still didn't feel like enough. I would love to see them. I'd rather them do like they did a couple years ago where they jumped around to you. They played a couple days in a couple different places, and you just toured to see them. I, I don't know, man. It's it's inter I think we're coming to that like Rolling Stones era with Pearl Jam where they're bigger and better than they've ever been, but they're going to be able to play less songs and encapsulate more people and do less shows. I think that's where we're at. And I'm cool with it. Like, I get it. I mean, like, you know, you have kids, you have family, you have another part of your life you have to tap into. Like, do that. And uh, I think we've entered that Pearl Jam phase. Yeah. I do not doubt that. I feel like that, too. I'm comfortable with it. You know, it, I can tell you that if you know, the same circumstances happen with, you know, like 
we really missed more than just, I, mean, I missed the MSG show, but Holly and I were supposed to go to L, uh, Vegas. And uh, between the uh, price of hotels and airfare to get down there that weekend and the fact that they ended up canceling the show, thank God they did because mm. um, had I bought hotel and airfare to get down there, it was going to be so much money. It was ridiculous. Um, but like that show and then MSG, like, you know, take me back 10 years. And if those circumstances happened, I would have been, I would not have handled it as well. <laughs> you yeah. know, like I'm a bit crushed, crushed. And it was, not, it was still disappointing to see them, but I just, I've come to the realization, like I've seen them a lot of times and I know I'll see them more and they'll, they'll always be special when I see them and stuff, but I don't feel the need to have to go see them, you know, 20 times in a year. Um, if it's three times a year on a, on a good tour and then we've got the time to go do it, that'd be awesome. You know? Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I think, you know, I gave up going to Denver and I gave up going to Nashville and I was like, you know what? I'm content with St. Louis and Oklahoma city. I did LA in the beginning of the year and I was like, I think that's a good number. Did I want to really get to 50 shows this year? That was a big goal of mine. I did. I'm only two away from it now. I'm like, all right, well, I'll get there at some point. And, you know, I think that's more of like an internal like number that I just want to be proud of when realistically it doesn't really, it doesn't matter. But, you know, realistically, like it's crazy because as I was talking to my neighbor about this today and he was asking when I was doing this evening, like, oh, I'm doing my show. And he's like, he's like, wait, you sit in the basement and drink wine and talk about a band I'm like yeah talk about pearl dreams like how many times can you talk about the same fucking song like well it's it's it's, it's bigger than that and and then when he was asking me about like st louis and oklahoma city i'm like I, the the stories i was telling him was like yeah i did this event before the show with this with these amazing people from touring fan that i got these girls that worked their ass off and we raised all this money and all this stuff and i kept talking and bragging about that and bragging about that and then i'm like then yeah, I'm like my you know my 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 really good friend from Canada and you know and then we were able to like he was able to come and finally meet my family even though he calls me every day and my family know him by name but like they've never fucking met him they got to meet him and then we drove down to Oklahoma City and I was listening to Canadian music and all this fucking crazy shit and then I'm like yeah and then it was really cool and then tell him all these stories and he's like oh well that was the concert I'm like oh. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw Pearl Jam. I was I was GA for the for the first show, and uh, the second show I had some great seats side stage. And um, you know, I, I'm very worried if uh, you know. I, and I, I told Brad this too because I don't know if I've told him. I dance a lot during a show. Like I don't sit still. Like I really do dance a lot. And I was like, either Brad's gonna be okay with this, or he's never gonna go to a show with me ever again. And uh, he says he's okay with it, but like, it might have been a tad embarrassing as I'm dancing. That's what he told you. Yeah. He, he said that he did say that we, if he if he does like the slow when you do the slow step away where they're like <laughs> you know like you don't realize how he's actually moving away from you oh, <laughs> as you're dancing or whatever you're doing oh. uh, yeah i mean look you know i play a lot of air guitar so hmm. you have to be comfortable standing next to me yeah at a show uh, well, you know, it, the interesting part was um, me and Brad uh, slow dance. I think it was there in black in St. Louis. And uh, it, was, it was funny. The guy fucking behind us who like I wasn't sitting still. He kind of looked at us like, 
what the fuck is wrong with these people? Because it was me, Brad, and JJB on the the GA GA floor, and we were just I we just don't I don't sit still. But it was a good time, and that's what it's all about. And, and and to be honest with you, like my the next show that I'm most excited about is when I'm able to go to a show with you to like just like for us to like we've been talking about this for two years. We've been talking about this band and what what it means to us and like what the music means to us. And there's a moment in the shows when like the music hits, right? And it's a song either we 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 love or we haven't heard in a long time, and like our emotions come out at that moment. When you're at a Pearl Jam show. There is going to be someone that went to is at that show for the first time. This is the first experience seeing Pearl Jam, and you're going to see their face, and you're going to see them light up as they're seeing that band on stage. And there's a person that this is like their tenth show because they can't afford to see him that much. The the tenth is a huge number for them. And then there's a person like us or the people that are bigger than us that have seen them hundreds of times, but we all know that we have these emotions that come out during the songs that like breath comes on and it's like oh man i've been waiting for this fucking song this is the song i've been waiting for and you get excited then you see another person get excited for it and you realize like that these two years you've been holding on to these tickets or this this like balled up emotion that you've had inside your pit of your belly for a long time you can let it out for those three or four minutes that song's out but you're not doing it alone you're doing with a bunch of people and like man that's what this is all about and, like, I've tried explaining this to people, like, the music and the ability to be around people that are like-minded, that understand what you're going through and understand that moment in time for you and understand, like, you can talk to those people and get that moment out together. That's what it's all about. Man, I can hear a live a hundred more times and, like, still be good with it. Even flow, like, I don't understand why people run to the bathroom for it. That song still has moments for me because it's, like, it just, it, you can see it means something to different people in different ways. And that, to me is what this band's about. And that, to me, is why 32 years later, there's people doing shit for this band. There's people doing podcasts. There's people doing shows. There's people touring. There's people doing nonprofits for it. There's all these things. It's because this band makes us feel things that other things can't make us feel that way. It's an amazing community. Mm. It really is. Yeah. That's some great people. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next time you you bring next time bring your glow in the dark hula hoop. Always a crowd pleaser. I <laughs> she's talking to you, by the way, not me. <laughs> I I know, I know it. I I can't wait. I I'm uh I'm hoping what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, I'm going to uh I'm gonna I'm gonna do burlesque dancing. If Holly goes to a show and I'm there, I'm just gonna do I'm gonna follow her pathway and I'm just gonna go right into it. And, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes because I sure as hell am not in the shape. You can make money on that. I, I 100% doubt it. 100% doubt it. I, the, the only money I'd be making is people throwing money to put my clothes back on and not take it off. So, um, I mean, hell, if it gets, it makes me money, I'll do it. Um, there's, free, there's freaks out there. I'm telling you, Anthony. Uh, they want to see you dance. I know. I'm good. I'm good. So we, we are at two years and – this we've we've talked through a lot of songs. I actually made a list the other day of all the songs we've talked about, and um, man, we've we've not really even tapped tapped the shit like of things we haven't talked about. Oh my god, it, <laughs> Holly says I have a rhinestone uh, ripaway bra with your name on it, Anthony. Yeah, I, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh my god! Oh, god uh, Almighty! That was my favorite one, not that one. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's for you guys. Leave it. Leave that for you all. Um, <laughs> We, you know, we have a Halloween special show at the end of the month. We're going to be doing, um, talking about the song Ghost and Bugs. 
Um, two completely obscure songs um, in the Pearl Jam catalog. Ghost, not so much, but I feel it's still an obscure song, and Bugs, definitely an obscure song. Um, you know, we're going to be posting some stuff as it leads up to it, so definitely get ready to check that out. Um, man, I know I say this all the time, but Trey, I, I can't thank you enough for doing the show, man. I just love fucking talking to you. I love talking to you too. Uh, and uh, by the way, we, we didn't we didn't really talk about it, but first of all, uh, Tony Bounds' is the anniversary is this weekend. So happy birthday, happy anniversary to Tony and his wife. Uh, he would be on here, but he's traveling right now, so he's gonna he's gonna watch this uh, after the fact. Um, but you know, you've had plenty of people walk up to you and talk about the show, which is great. And I've definitely had folks, you know come up to me and say the same thing and um it's i feel the same way about this show that i do my winery it's just i'm i'm shocked that people even paid attention you know and um but they do and they like it i guess so that's that's what's important and um uh, you know we have our own little mini community uh on here a little mini pearl jam community on here that um uh, feel like family sometimes too so we really appreciate everyone who tunes in and listens to uh these two yahoos talk to each other about wine and pearl jam and shit so 100 percent. hey i've got by the way i've got uh our vinyl club for the winery my next three releases are going to be the in all they are all pearl jam related really and so I'm really excited to get the next one out, which is actually, I need to get my email out on, on Monday next week. It's reminded me, but um, yeah, very excited. Um, let me ask you a question. Do you mind if I do a shameless plug for my kid real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I, kinda, I he, he's having, he's having some troubles. So um, my son, if you don't know, runs a nonprofit called Keeper for a Cure. And um, we just moved him as uh Missouri. I live in Missouri. Yeah, I live in Missouri. And he brought his nonprofit here and he's having a little difficulty this year raising money for his campaign. So if you are interested, um, he's raising money this year. Um, if you go to keeperforacure.com, you go to campaign and you scroll on down to his 2022 campaign, you can click this link and it takes you to where he's raising money for. Um, he's actually raising money for a local hospital that is giving an opportunity for women that have stage four cancer and don't have um, a cure in sight. It's given them an opportunity to go to a retreat in Missouri with their family um, where it's being monitored by doctors and it gives them the opportunity to have some memories and uh, some lasting moments for the family to have before they pass. But they also have doctors and nurses on staff that if something goes awry during their time there, they can take care of it so they can have at least enjoyable moments. They have like photographers there, meditation, all these different things. So Brady handpicked this uh, charity, and this year he's raising money for it. So you can go down there. You can donate a dollar, a penny, a th- whatever you want to raise. I mean, I'd love to see him meet his goal this year. He's been doing it for four years now, and it's meaningful to him. Um, he's just having a little bit of a hard time um, this year raising money as we're new to the area. But if you can do that, I'd appreciate it. Just go to keepreferrecure.com and check that out, and then go to campaign, and you'll be able to read more about him and his mission and all that fun stuff. So put um, that put that link in the comment section if you can um hey, so Michelle. anyone who's gonna watch this again and then t- i want you to text that to me as well so i can share that sure i really appreciate that trey uh, michelle do me a favor because i know you're watching can you just uh put the link to that in the uh comments i'd really appreciate it um which also 
P.S. I'm going to put this out here because I know Michelle's watching and she doesn't watch some of the other shows. Um, so Michelle, who has been with Touring Fan Live now for over a year, this girl, we go to we, we've she she's been to my house. We saw Jack White together. We went to the we St. Louis. She's helping me work and all these different things. And I'm going to tell you something. She is one of the most badass women out there when it comes to like hands on the ground, raising money, like helping behind the scenes. Like I'm going to tell you some touring fan live doesn't happen without her. And, and let's talk vinyl, like the idea that like the promotion of it and all that stuff. She's a huge, huge, huge help. And I just want a big, big shout out to Michelle because she needs it. So I adore her tremendously. She's like a sister to me and I, she needs that. So thank you, Michelle for that. Um, and then in the same sentence, Michelle, if you can post that link in the comments, I'd really appreciate that. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for bringing that up to you, buddy. No, 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 definitely. So, yeah, she'll post that. How are things with soccer going with him? Is he just kicking ass? Oh, dude, it is. So we we are um, officially basically five days a week soccer. Um, he gets home from school at like 2.30. He, um, 3.30, I'm sorry. He gets home, he does his homework, and he's in a car ride to the soccer fields, and he is training from 4.45 to 7.30, uh, Monday through Friday. On the weekends, he's either playing with his own age group, which is like, and they play local tournaments, or like he was in Colorado a couple weeks ago playing up two years. Um, he's played against U15s. He's played against U14s. He's playing all over the field, um, and they they are utilizing him tremendously. He is really standing out. There's actually a photo of him. Let me show you this photo. I don't know if you saw this real quick. Let's I thought see. he was solely a goalie. Is he? They have him in different positions. No, he's only in goalkeeper. That's his only position. Oh, okay. To play. I, 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 I heard you wrong. I thought you said they have him playing all over the place. So what I, I mean, like, play, like, like, yeah, like so on the field. Well, what the, what they're doing is so this academy, this pro academy, they have him in. Um, they actually will put him on. They have different teams for different age groups, and so what they'll do is they'll have him play up, they'll have him play down, they'll have him play like different ages and stuff. But dude, you want to see. This is crazy. So this, so a couple, couple of weeks ago, he played in like this place in St. Louis in the middle of nowhere, and this is one of his saves. What? Yeah. Oh, that's great photo. Who took that picture? Uh, some schmuck named Anthony. Oh, good capture. That's awesome. Yeah. So no, he's he's a special kid. I mean, between him doing that, Charlotte's now doing School of Rock, playing music and doing all that stuff, and. Uh, rock climbing and I mean it, yeah I, I'm I'm real lucky with the kids I have just like you I saw the pictures the other day of your daughters and your wife getting pictures done and I mean oh um, yeah oh my gosh we already saw some previews of those photos by the way mm -hmm. like last night was that was the, those pictures were taken last night that was uh that was the most beautiful sunset and we were at one of our vineyards that we work with and I we can't wait to see everything there was it was great so just, we were just missing my oldest daughter who's still working over in the Olympic national park right now. So uh, we'll get her, get her back soon. So that that's awesome. That's awesome. And we're finishing, uh, you know, we're, we're sitting here talking about wine and stuff. We didn't really talk about wine this much tonight. No, but, no uh, and, that, and we should probably give props to both of these wines. I mean, yours is new. So you, let me ask you this question real quick. Um, the, your wine that's about to come out. So the new one that you did, you're tasting tonight, what is it available to purchase now? No, it's actually, it's already sold out. Of course <laughs> it goes it is. To, this wine we only made, this vintage uh, was 100% wine club. Um, and so our, our 12 pack wine club members got the 19 vintage of what we're drinking tonight. The 20 vintage, 
which we'll release next year. Um, we made a little more of starting this year in 22. It's a wine that we should be making a couple hundred cases of. Mm. Right now it's 25 cases. We made one barrel this one. Wow. Um, yeah. Mm. But it's, it's an incredible venue site. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just going to be a super, it's working with this venue site long-term is uh, very exciting. Um, this is a vineyard that will be on the cover of Wine Spectator within the year. I can guarantee you. And is, and I'm assuming that's like the Rolling Stones of wine. Yeah, it's like Rolling Stone magazine. Not, you know, that's probably not a fair comparison because Rolling Stone hasn't been, uh, you know, a great music magazine in a while. But anyway, it's it's the most well well read um, wine magazine out there, and um, this vineyard site. That that venue site's Blue Mountain right there. That's that's uh, uh, right here in Walla Walla. Okay, well I will tell you this: we all know we love hearing Trey's voice and everything he does, and he's a great human being. Check out sleightofhandsellers dot com, and so it's s o f h sellers dot com. And when you go there, hit shop, and shop will take you to this great page, and there's a couple of different bottles there. And some of my favorites and all of the bottles that are on here, well, guess what? They've been on the show. Well, I haven't had the psychedelic. But there's a lot of great bottles on here. You can get the Enchantress, which has been on here. You get the Magician to a 2021 version. You get a lot of the Illusionist, which is one of my favorites. Spellbinder, Conqueror. The Psychedelic sounds really good. Oh, 27 light years. I, didn't, I thought that was sold out. Son of a bitch. Um, Force of Nature. Oh, wait a minute. Force of Nature. Force of Nature and Light Years. Mm, those are two good bottles of wine right there. 2017 mm-hmm. Light Years and 2017 Force of Nature on yeah. sleightofhandsellers.com. So definitely give that out. Um, there is a question coming up for you, Trey. I'm going to post that here in just a second. Um, okay. Wine question for Trey. What do you age the wine in and how do you know how long to age the wine? That's a great question. That's uh, it's it's so many variabilities to that, but I'm going to give you a very general answer. Um, and we'll talk about red wines. I'm just going to limit this to red wines because white wines there's so many different uh, choices. Most red wine is aged in oak barrels. Um, they can be French or American. French oak and American oak taste very different from each other. Uh, American oak is very aggressive and um, very prominent, uh, where French oak is a little um, more elegant and uh, more background note. Uh, And as far as how long you age the wine in oak, um, it really depends on the grape. Uh, It depends on the style of wine you're trying to make. Um, Depends on where it's grown, vineyards, all that good stuff too. For us, we're anywhere from 11 months to about 22 months in barrel uh, before the wine then gets bottled. And then it'll stay in bottle for a year before we actually release that wine for sale. Uh, and that's because you want the wine to just kind of like come together. You know, it, it uh, it's truly is a living thing. I mean, it's, it, 
changes over the course of its life. And so um, the way a wine tastes in barrel versus a day after you bottle, it's very different. And so that wine needs time to kind of come around and, you know, it's like an unruly teenager, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah. Lori says the magician is my fave. And then Mark says, That's wow, three reason. years before market. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, and you, you, you'll spend, and some of the wines are, um, I mean, like for instance, right now we're selling our 2019 reserve Cabernet. And I released that wine in March of this year. 2022 so it's two and a half years essentially from the when we picked the grapes until when we actually released the wine um well, for the for the general public i guess so but those wines will age for 20 25 years wow and so yes it took us three years to get to market but those wines have a long long life ahead of them um, and it just depends on how you like to drink them. And if you have a proper place to store them, there's so many variabilities, you know. The the biggest question I have for you, Trey, after talking about storage is how big is your wine cellar? Is it bigger than your house? I mean, how many stairs do you go down to get into your wine cellar? You talking about at my house? Yeah. Like, is there, how big is your elevator? <laughs> well, I had to take the tram up the back deck and when we're on the tram that takes me to my wine cellar Makes sense. and then we get on the elevator and it goes down into the subterranean mm. right mm. <laughs> mm. brad you know no brad i don't use the t-shirts i use the socks the so oh god jesus the, the socks uh, first of all p.s I own way too many Pearl Jam socks. I've, I mean, I, I think the last time when me and Brad walked out, the guy's like, I got five pairs of Pearl Jam socks left, and I bought all five pairs. Um, I have way too many pairs of socks. But they are the most yeah. comfortable socks. Most of my Pearl Jam socks have holes in them. I need to, get new, I need to load up on some new ones. They were working with a really good sock company for a while there, though. Really thick white ones with, like, red and yellow uh, bands. Remember those? Yes, yes. Those are really good socks. They were really good socks. It was, it was, um, it was good. Listen, they're one step away from underwear. All right. That's, I, I that's get, what the fans have really been asking for. Well, well, we did flip-flops. We had the Pearl Jam flip-flops and we know, um, oh man, all I said with the only with the right passcode with the seller keeper. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Um, you know, I, I know you're loaded, Trey. I didn't realize you were that loaded. I know you have a seller keeper. Jesus. Um, we have a in our house we uh walk down our stairs into our basement and this house came with a a built-in wine cellar that was maybe 240 bottles uh and it was professionally done very nice it had these beautiful wood racks and and everything and but it was the you know the day i moved in it was already too small for just what i had so when my stepdad came to visit this is five or six years ago, um, he knocked, basically knocked a hole through one of the walls and extended it out uh, for more storage space. So 
I can probably fit about a thousand bottles in the basement. It's not full, but I could fit that in there. Nice. Now, let me ask you this. Besides the bottles of wine that you make, which are clearly great bottles of wine, I, and honestly, I'm not saying this to promote you any more than we need to. We've been doing this for two years. I'm pretty honest with you. I, I do enjoy every bottle of wine you sent over, um, You know, more some more than others. I mean, but if there was, is there a bottle of wine out there that people can go to the store right now that's pretty common, and if they're like, hey, you know what? I want to give this a whirl. Like, what bottle of wine do you love that, that the – beginner wine drinker can go purchase that they're going to be like, Hey, this is good stuff. I mean, a beginner wine drinker. I don't, I would probably send them to like Germany. Like, you know, go to your German wine section and find a killer bottle of Riesling from like a really good producer. Spend $30. Don't spend $12. Spend $30 on a great bottle of Riesling. And don't go to your grocery store. Go to a wine shop. Ask the wine buyer. The, you know the, the usually the guys in the nice wine shops. There's two or three, you know, buyers in there that know their shit. And say, hey, give me a great bottle of Riesling. It doesn't. If you like it sweet, they're gonna have a great sweet. If you want it bone dry, they're gonna have that for you. But you don't have to spend an arm and a leg to have a world class bottle of Riesling. Okay. Which both Holly and I love Riesling. So Riesling is go to. We really don't. We don't drink enough of it at home. We really don't. We should. <laughs> we don't I'll work on that. <laughs> I brush my teeth in Riesling, right? Um, that's a pretty delicious way to brush your teeth. <laughs> I will say this: I'm I I prefer red wine. Red wine's my go-to. I do yeah. love a red wine. Um, yeah. So that has been my go-to, and and it kind of had even before I really got into this show. Like when I would get a bottle of wine, I, I always go to red wine. But I do. You, you would be like, was this aged in bourbon barrel? That's what oh, I'm Jesus. looking for. If this, if chocolate wasn't involved in the process of burning the barrel with golden flakes, and I have no interest in this cheap twelve dollar bottle of wine from your establishment. Thank you, Kroger. It's um, it's like gold slogger. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, no, it was bad, but I've learned my lesson and it's interesting because I don't, I don't shop at grocery stores anymore. I do go to my local winery. Now I've also learned that they are taking a wine shop, me. not winery, wine shop. Uh, yeah. Wine shop. There is, there is a winery here that I went to, um, but they, they try things that I am not a fan of. Like they do like apple wine or like, cherry wine or like all these like it's like it's it's a very gimmick driven wine base that just doesn't fulfill my palate and i've become a snob because i hang out with people that you know can educate me enough that i'm able to be a snob and that's why i like what i like like i'm probably gonna go buy well i don't know if i'll buy it from the same place but i'm probably gonna go buy another couple bottles of this wine because this is really good and affordable I, yeah, no. <laughs> Not from where I'm Don't be going back to that wine shop, Anthony. You need to like take me in a zoom take me in a zoom tour through there so I can see what they're charging for these bottles because Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm, I will totally next time I go, I will I'll text you and see if you're available. I'll zoom you as I walk through. But it's it's I told you, I think I told you the story the first time I went there. Like I went in there, I shook the guy's hand and um uh, Julie just said, just joining in, went to Napa in August. Well, 
Julie, next time you need to go to Walla Walla, Washington, you need to Walla ask Walla. go ask for Trey Bush at Sleight of Hand Sellers and say, hey, Trey, I'm listening. There we go. Oh, Matt says, join Trey's wine club, AK. Um, I'm in the private wine club. It's the one where I, Trey tells me what to buy. Um, the, this, this, so what's a cool thing about living in Kansas City is also the most dangerous thing about living in Kansas City is there's so many options to purchase wine. We're in Virginia. Trey literally called the place that I was getting my wine from and was like, hey, listen, you know, we're doing a podcast. This is what he needs. And they literally would get me the bottles of wine ready for me. So I knew what I was getting. And it was really close. It was great. The problem with Kansas City is there's so many options. And my local wine shop that I went to that I thought I was building a relationship with, which I guess the guy didn't care to, um, he's like, oh, you don't want this wine. Let me show you where the good wine is. And he'd walk you to the back. Who said that to you? The, the guy did. He's like, yeah, you, you, if you're going on a show about podcast, if you're on a podcast about wine, then you really want to get the good stuff. Come back here. And he brings me to this back room where I thought I was going to get, you know, murdered in. And he opens the door and it's like, oh, all this stuff. And it's like all this vintage stuff. And it's like, he's even like, he'll, he, dude, I'll never, <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you this. He picks a bottle of wine. He goes, the dust means it's vintage. And puts it back down. I'm like, not blow the dust off. He, I, dude, I said, he picked up the bottle of wine. He went, the dust means it's vintage. Puts the shit down. And then, like, he's like, and he, and he's like, and, and you know, and I, I try my best to, you know, believe, I want to build relationships with people. That's the biggest problem I've had with Kansas City is like, you, you don't know people, you don't have friends, you're still trying to meet people. You, you're trying yeah. to build relationships, right? Well, I guess this guy just wants my money because. Yeah, I mean, after I told you, like, I, I was telling Trey before the show, they had a bottle of um, Sleight of Hand Cellar's 2018 The Chantress. And I'm like, oh, dude, you're never going to believe this. I, I found a bottle of your wine. He's like, how much you paid? I told him how much I paid. And he's like, Anthony, you paid way too much for that bottle of wine. I'm like, son of a bitch. Wah, wah. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, the bottle of wine that I got, this one right here, the interesting, I paid about $50 for it. Now looking up online, this is about a $35 to $40 bottle of wine from base what I can see online. Oh, is that and, right? Okay. All right. Yeah. So I, I mean, I didn't pay terribly too much, but I will tell you this, this bottle of wine, uh, Don, um, is 100% worth the money. I would highly recommend getting this bottle of wine. It, you know, the one big thing good, I learned about, 18, 18 was a good vintage for Washington. Yep. And, uh, yeah. So <laughs> this, this is, I will say this bottle of wine, there's one thing about red wine. Sometimes it'd be acidic and it leaves a kind of acidic taste in your mouth, depending on how you, you, what kind of bottle of wine you get. This doesn't have it. This red, this bottle of wine is fantastic. And this would be great. Like I really want a steak right now. Like I'm almost, Oh Jesus, Christmas tree. Don just said $19.99 at total on Tettle Wine. What the living fuck? Are you... oh, I told you, man. I said to Chef to St. Michelle Wine. I totally fucked up. They're making deals, man. They're making deals. Oh, dude. Well, if you. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to go to totalwines.com and get two bottles for the next time, but oh, $17.99 if you buy six. Don, I am, you know, uh, well. I am just, just really, just fucking it up this with this one. I mean, but hey, so done. You like wine, wine? You can go, you can go to wine.com and get that for eighteen ninety nine. Oh, 
or you can go to Amazon and get it for twelve ninety nine. Based of you know, based off the research we're just finding out. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Total wine. Look, oh. here's the thing. It's it's wine. It's whatever the commodity is. You know, you're not limited to. There, there are a lot of purchases that are just people feel more comfortable just buying them in person. You buy your groceries, you go to a grocery store. You're not rarely buying groceries online to have them shipped in. Now we can, we order our groceries online, go pick them up, but it's our still from a local grocery store. You know what I mean? Um, wine is one of those things that most people feel comfortable just buying because they're, they're buying it for that night or they're buying it for that weekend. They're not buying that wine to lay down for five years. Right. So over 90% of wine purchased in, even in a nice wine shop is consumed in 24 hours. Mm. So very little wine is actually purchased with the forethought of I'm buying this to lay it down. And that's where online shopping comes in handy or wine clubs come in handy. Um, because with a wine club, you can get multiple bottles of the same wine or it might be two different wines, but you're getting multiple bottles and you can have one immediately and you can lay, then lay the rest of them down for, you know, two years, five years, 10 years, whatever, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, but that's, that's really the only way to like try to, you know, experience wine over time, stuff like that. Yes. Well, Michelle, good as you should be. <laughs> Let me ask you this for someone who's just now getting into the wine industry where they're buying the wine, what is an appropriate amount of wine you should have in your home at all times? How many bottles? What's a good number? I don't think there's any number. It's. I'm going to say six. Six is the number? Six is the number. It depends on, look, if you're keeping the wine in your house and they're just sitting in your living room next to the, you know, television or something, I don't know. But if you have a proper wine cellar, right, you can store wine at a proper temperature. Okay, at that point you'd be collecting wine. If you're just if you just have wine for the next two weeks, you know, no matter where you keep them and whether it's six bottles or two bottles, I mean, I guess it depends on how much wine you drink, Anthony. Uh, I I agree. I, Mark says I have zero bottles of wine, but I. Don't drink. So, well, Mark, first of all, this is the show for you to be watching if you don't drink. This is the perfect way as we give you our taste buds of what we're tasting so you can put it into your imagination. First of all, Mark Kirby um, has been a big fan of the show for two years. He's been watching since day one. I got to meet Mark in um, in St. Louis. Uh, God, he's been such a great guy. Um, but it was cool to meet him in person. But, yeah, no, super awesome, super supporter of the show. So, uh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Um, I'm going to end this show on possibly yeah. one of the greatest answers. And well, Mark says I'm, I've, I'm learning tons. Um, let's, let's do this. Let's first, let's cue the background music, right? Get that going. And the greatest quote of the evening or the greatest answer of the evening comes from your lover. As you like to say, Trey, the answer to the question of how many bottles of wine you need to have enough to doomsday prep if necessary trey any final yeah. words no what she said <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, listen, once again, check out sleightofhandsellers.com so you can buy all your wine needs. If you don't, if you have a local wine store, go there and say, hey, we want Sleight of Hand Cellars wine here. Push it, push it, push it. Or buy it. it online. I can ship it to you. Buy it online. Have it shipped to your house. It'd be in a beautiful package. It's all good stuff. Check it out. If you're listening to the show on a podcast, subscribe, like. That's how we get our views and our tunes in. I appreciate it so much. Until next time, that's Trey Bush of Sleight of Hand Cellars, Pearl Jam Aficionado. Oh, I don't even know how to say I'm saying all fucked up words here. Let me, I'll give you some applause. There you go. Trey Bush, the hottest winemaker in the world. That's his official title now. Until next time, I'm Anthony Cruz. That's Trey Bush. Thank you for tuning in to Let's Talk Vinyl.